Welcome to Real Talk Radio. This is your host, Edwin De La Rosa. And today I'm accompanied by Victor Martinez and Juana Matias. If you guys could tell me a little bit about yourselves. Hello, everyone. My name is Juana Matias, and I am currently the state representative for the city of Lawrence, the 16th Essex District. And it's an honor and pleasure to be here with you today. My name is Victor Martinez, and I'm the executive director of Communities Together, but also the co-founder of the Dream Network. Cool, perfect. Um, can you guys tell me a little bit about your upbringing, um, your journey? How did you guys get to uh, this point right now, professionally, academically, etc.? So I came here when I was five years old from the Dominican Republic. My dad crossed the Mexican border. He was looking for better opportunities for himself and my family and my three brothers. Um, we arrived to Haverhill, Mass initially. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's interesting. I was not aware that you were born in Lo que dicen in patio. Yeah, so I actually, I was born in the American Republic and I came when I was seven myself. Yeah, and uh, as soon as I came here, I came to Lawrence. My dad used to work at John Fabric, you know, and that's right in Lowell. And then my mom actually came a little bit later in my life uh, into the United States. I think it was my parents' um, migratory story, seeing my parents come here, seeing them struggle, seeing them take, you know, minimum wage jobs, knowing that both of them are really intelligent, but just because they couldn't speak English and they didn't have the time to spend taking English classes the way they needed to because they needed to provide food for four children. So seeing the challenges that they went through, being an ESL student myself, remembering what it was to be in a classroom, not know English and feeling kind of outcasted, um, all of that was part of my desire to be involved in public service and like to me like I started building this desire of like I want to make sure that those that are coming behind me don't have to face the same tribulations and issues that my family had to face. Yeah I mean uh, very similar I mean for me I just saw a lot of hardship growing up you know and I saw my mom working uh, two or three jobs and uh, just seeing great people beautiful people um, who have so much to offer and have so much potential, but yet again, seeing those limitations yeah. and seeing those barriers and understanding that you have people who have so much talent, but yet again, um, you know, me going to Central and hearing certain things about, oh, you guys are not good enough or you guys are this or you guys are that. And so I was experiencing, you know, two different worlds and I was in between and I was saying, you know what, like, no. So to youth out there, like your parents might not be perfect, but they yeah. made the ultimate sacrifice. But they made the ultimate sacrifice, you know, day in and day out. Do you think that they feel comfortable only getting paid eight, ten dollars an hour? Not at all. Do you think that they feel comfortable, you know, working 40, 50, 60 hours and not seeing you, not being able to smile with you, go go to your basketball games or even cook you dinner? Not at all. So let's be grateful for what we have and the opportunities that we have, because in Dominican Republic, Hey man, we don't have these opportunities here. In Puerto Rico, even now, look at how many schools are being shut down in Puerto Rico. Look at El Salvador and, and, and Guatemala. We don't have the same opportunities. And on that note, like, you know, I, I've, I've met with a couple of youth and I get to talk to them. I'm like, oh, we want this and we want this. Listen, just because you want it, it's not gonna, you're not going to get it. You know what I mean? I wanted a lot of things when I was young and I didn't get it. You know, I had to work for it. At 11 years old, I had a paper route and I was dropping off papers and my dad expected me to work. And I feel like sometimes our youth, you know, feel like 
they can just, you know, things should just come to us. No, things don't come to you, right? You want to see certain changes. You want to reach certain objectives. You got to work for it, all right? And you got you to gotta organize. You want to see certain changes in your school? Organize. There's a process in place. You got to work within that process. Because guess what? When you grow up, you're not going to walk into your job and tell your boss what it is that you want to do. They're going to have expectations. You're going to have to live up to them. So it's like, you know, you got to be reasonable too. And, you know, I, I look back at my at myself sometimes and I was like, damn, man, I was a brat, you know? That wasn't okay. Like, that didn't make sense. Um, like, be grateful because we have access to a lot of things. It's not perfect. Don't get me wrong. But it could be a lot worse. And one of the things that I really loved when I was in college is I lived in India for five months. I studied twice in Germany, traveled all throughout Europe. Being in India humbled me beyond belief. I saw kids every day walking without shoes, no clothes, every day like if it was normal. I saw people who don't have toilets. I would stay in people's homes. People don't have toilet paper. They had ripped up pieces of newspaper that you could either use or not use, all right? So like our youth need to, you know, things aren't perfect here, but let me tell you, there are a lot of other worse conditions out there and you gotta take take what you have and make it better, but be grateful. Yeah, perspective is everything, you know? Perspective is so, it's everything. Traveling is, yeah. is one of the best educations you can get because it opens your eyes to a bigger world. It allows you to be grateful for the things that you have and that sometimes you take for granted. And Lawrence is only seven square miles, you know? So, you know, the world is huge, the world is big. And some someone may say, well, it's easy for you guys to say because you're professionals and you're working, you got money and all this. Well, hey, you got Google Earth, man. You got some videos, you can watch some videos. You can you can go into Canada if you wanted to, you know? And like Juana mentioned, you know, she did a paper route. I was also a people boy when I was a little kid. I was working with my uncle as a, as a mechanic, man, changing oil, you know, like getting my hands dirty, getting, you know, getting stuff under my fingernails so that I can have enough money to buy my first bike. Or I can't, and I had my GT Dino, man, man. I thought I was the man. But, you know, uh, work, you know, work for it and not take anything for granted is extremely important. You know, I spoke to, to some youth over at Lawrence High this past, uh, this past week and had some youth really just walk up to me and, and say thank you because, you know, you were real. And you, you didn't come here to inspire us, you didn't come here to motivate us. You came here to just be real. And so, Juana, during those moments when you were in your campaign and you, you're like, what did I get myself into? Those moments where you were just like, man, like no one believes in me but me. <laughs> like, did that happen? Like, what did you do? Like, what, what allowed you to see the light beyond the, you know, beyond the doubt and the criticism and all, the, all this? Like, what did you do to, to take a turn? There were many times where I was like, what the fuck did I get myself back to? <laughs> Honestly. That happens I was to like, me all the time, trust <laughs> like, me. I have a law degree, I'm barred. I can go and sit in an office and be an attorney. I can go open up my own thing and not be dealing with what I'm dealing. I mean, especially because as a female, you know, it was harder hearing some of the things people said. But I think that not even paying attention to it. So I knew there was a radio show calling me, calling me a machanta and people just saying things. And and I just, at one point really early in the campaign, I was like, I'm not gonna listen to that stuff. I'm just gonna do my work because listening to that stuff is gonna distract me and it's gonna get me in a cycle of not paying attention to the objective and the objective is to win. And the way I'm gonna win is hitting doors and talking to people and letting people meet me. So it happened a lot where I was like, 
my mind the situation is it worth it do Lawrence people so even like understand how hard I'm working I was doing 15 16 hours a day seven days a week I'm like is this worth it and I was doing it for the right reasons let me tell you okay <laughs> there were I'm not earning great money I could be earning more money doing what I'm not doing right now but what motivated me was like, listen, why can't we have X, Y, and Z? Why don't we have someone advocating for Lawrence in the same way that white people have in surrounding communities? That's what motivated me. Um, but it was difficult. I think that you get into a cycle where it's like, once the campaign is moving forward and you know you're getting closer to that day of election, you have so much pressure. And it's just, you work. And you let the work consume you. And the work consumed me every day. And I was gaining ground too. So there were like positive things going on. And one of the best things that someone could do is work in quiet. Don't work and think that you always need to get attention for it. Yeah. I wasn't getting any attention and now all the news stations are hitting me yeah. up, right? But nine months ago, nobody cared about who I was, what I was doing. No, nobody wanted to even give me their time of day. Yeah. So, but I, I, I look back now, I'm like, hey, working in quiet without a lot of attention is... is it's the best way to go. It's the best way to go. It helps you reach your objective. Mm -hmm. And... And eliminates the distractions. Distractions, too. distractions. And, you know, I made little gains where, like, so, certain social organizations started backing me up. And they were like, you're great, count on us. And I was like, oh, wow, this is great, you know? Uh, and it was just reaffirming what I already knew, that, shit, I can do this. You know what I mean? I'm going to be a good candidate. But it was really tough, it, emo like, emotionally personally it took a toll on my family right there were my family members helping me survive because I didn't have a job there was my mom seven days a week in my campaign office seven days a week she's retired and all she did was help me you know there were my brothers whenever they had time coming in like writing post-its and helping me so it's not just a sacrifice that you make you make that sacrifice with your family yeah. members and with your loved ones so it was difficult I'm not looking forward to campaigning <laughs> a year and a, a year half and from half now. now yeah because it's a lot of work um sometimes what? I look back and I'm like yo how did I get through it but you did well you did and, and one of the things that I want to mention to young people out there too and to anybody actually is that uh, and this is, you know, I do it in my coaching practice because I, I have clients that I, that I work with, uh, both uh, business owners and whatnot. And I tell them, you know, you could be, you could have a dream or a goal, but you could totally be focusing on the wrong things. And it's important to understand quickly how to focus on the right things and do the right things to get to the place that you want to get to. And I feel like one of the things that we have in today's society is that we have a lot of different distractions. You got Netflix, you got social media, you got, you know, Trump, national news, you got all kinds of stuff. But still, amidst it all, you got to put your head down and you just got to go. Yeah, you got to pound the pavement, bro. Absolutely. And um, what I, I have a final question for you guys is what's the end goal for you, Juana? Do you just stop at state rep or do you go a little bit further? I say this honestly and sometimes people, you know, I feel like sometimes when you become a politician, people think you stop being a human. Yo, I'm real. I'm authentic. I don't like to play around. I keep it real. You're going to ask me a question, I'm most likely going to give you a real answer. Um, but I understand that that hasn't been the perception that people have of politicians, but I don't think you should generalize. I should think you should, you know, look at a person, get to know who that person is and what they stand for, and judge them based on who they are as a human being. So for me, I'm going to be real. I want to do a good job as state rep. I want everyone who voted for me to be like, damn, she was worth my vote. And everyone who didn't vote for me to be like, damn, I should have voted for her. Um, that's what I want right now. Long term, 
Of course, you know, I aspire to move on and, and, and you know, break new barriers, right? Because what I did was break a barrier and continue to do that. But right now, all I want to do is execute and do an amazing job as being a state rep for the 16th Essex District. That is all. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm an executive director right now. I'm the youngest Latino executive director in the city. I think that I want to continue to do a great job, bring this organization to a different level. Um, I also want to be able to, I was also a CEO. I had my own business, International Car Parts. Uh, so I just want to continue to break barriers. I want to continue to just uh, not not sort of sort of suit the mold, but I want to continue to see other people, other 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 people come out. Let's let's feed our young professionals. Let's feed our adults. I would want to see myself going to every single classroom in the Lawrence Public Schools, and I want to be able to tell my story and share with folks, you know, what I've done, what I've been able to accomplish, and how they can do it too. And so, what I would love to see is a unified Lawrence where we can put all this petty stuff aside, man, and let's keep it real and recognize that there is a cultural divide, that there is a racial divide, that there is an educational divide. And and how about we start working together? Yeah, and we need to let our, uh, we need to stop letting our um, political ideals, you know, Absolutely. separate us and we need to start thinking about what's morally right. But, you know, our we don't have different political ideals. Everyone's a, everyone's a Democrat in Lawrence. It's really about other stuff, I'm telling you right now. You know what I mean? That people don't like to, like, go to. Because everybody pretty much is a Democrat in Lawrence. Or, you know, or you don't, or you you're politically apathetic. You don't identify with the party. But the majority of people, at least older people and even young kids, maybe young kids don't even know what party they identify. But if they looked up the values of the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, they stand for LGBTQ, for women's, you know, choice to decide what to do with her body and things like that. And it's it's been shown that millennials are more accepting, right? They're more tolerant of differences. But our community is divisive, and it's not because of our political standing. It's because of other stuff. Okay. Yeah, and so again, that's a whole different other. That's discussion. a whole different other discussion uh, and, that we and, don't have time for. But one of the things is again, it's how do we really come together, share resources, work with one another, and and move the city forward? But, but that's we a do, tough question because is, how do we come is. together? There I am running for office. Right. I didn't have millennials supporting me. Right. Right. People that should have been supporting me, trying to find right. out what I'm doing, and they weren't supporting me. You know, and and people who were educated and knew who I who I what I stood for. They weren't supporting me. See what I mean? So like coming together is like looking at things for what they are. Like yeah. like making informed decisions. That's what's coming together. The only way that's gonna happen is we gotta lead by example. And a lot of the people who are you know on top don't lead by example. Yes. Yeah. Right. We do right. need a change. And that, yeah, I absolutely. believe that change will come soon. Yeah, and that so it's transitioning from the self-interest to selflessness. Yeah. And I think again. Thank you. That is gonna be <laughs> right, and that's, that's and, it. And that's really it what is, we need to because it's not. That's that's the political divide. I'm telling yeah. you right now. And it's not about personal advancement. It's not about that. It's about because we're to a certain community extent, has to come first at some we're, point. We're tribal, and I think when when we think about Lawrence moving forward, we see Lawrence not just as a city. We see Lawrence as our family, and we see Lawrence as a community. And it might not be perfect, might not be ideal. But again, we just need to go in the direction where it is not about self-interest. Is it about selflessness? I agree. Especially when a community like ours is in the stages where it is. Yeah. Right? Like, you can see the self-interest is in other communities, but those other communities don't have the issues that Lawrence have. But So for us to move forward and see the advancement we need to see, we got to do it together. Now that doesn't mean we're going to agree on everything, you know what I mean? But you got to work together to get there. Yeah. And, you know, what What would you be your um, ideal um, vision for Lawrence? You know, like, the, the end product. How would we want to see Lawrence, let's say, within the next five years? 
you know, what kind of a community we would want it to be. Me, I would want it to be, a, you know, a community that's unified. I, I don't pay much, I pay much attention to like the political sector or anything like that. I just know that, I, you know, I don't, my, the way that I live and you know, live my life and everything like that, it's not based off of my self-interest. And, you know, I keep everybody around me in mind when I do make decisions. So I never really had that problem, but I'm really, I'm hoping that we, you know, as a collective group, we start shifting that way, you know, and we, you know, let go of the self-interest and everything like that. And we start um, encouraging more creativity, a lot more creativity and a lot more open-mindedness. And it might be, you know, uh, a division between generations, but, uh, you know, I'm hoping that we do get there. And I, I would like to know what's your vision for Lawrence. I would concur with you that there is a division of separation and in order for this new generation, this millennial generation, whatever you'd like to call it, to take the lead and be the vision of Lawrence, they need to start getting involved, all right? They need to start influencing and the way you influence it is by getting involved and not just getting involved and going on Facebook and writing comments like, oh, this isn't working, this isn't working. What are you proposing? You can't go to a... You can't talk about an issue unless you're offering something because then you're just part of the issue yourself. So I think we got to not only get involved, but get involved and be strategic in the way we get involved and provide solutions um, so that, you know, we start getting ready to be the leaders and lead our community where it needs to be. I think Lawrence is a high-need community. You're talking about one of the highest unemployment rates in the state. You're talking about one of the highest crime rates in the state. You're talking about the only... well, not the only, but now the first community to have lost control of their public schools. So we have a lot of issues, and they're not going to be solved overnight because they have to do a lot with income inequality. They have to do a lot with being an immigrant city, people coming in from different countries and trying to just assimilate, learn the language. Um, But I think there's a lot of potential and there's going to be a lot of growth. But our millennials are going to determine really the vision of what Lawrence is going to be. And we have to become more active, like you said. Yeah, I think uh, seeing people get involved, get more active, step up, have some visions, go after it, not just complain, but get with it and compliment what's already happening. And I think that we need to have more frank discussions. I think that there's some stuff that, you know, there are different pockets of conversations that are happening. I would love to see some of the silos, you know, really being torn apart. I would love to see more nonprofits share resources. I would love to see uh, more t- Latino teachers, people from the community, whether you're Latino or white, whatever. But if you're from Lawrence, I want to see you working in the Lawrence public school systems. I want to be able to see that. I want to see. But again, this is where yeah. I come and I feel like we just got to make sure we're always comprehensive. Yeah. Five years ago, you had a lot of Lawrence teachers. Yeah. But they weren't teaching and we weren't producing and doing what we needed to do in our public schools. So it's like Lawrence teachers with the ability to teach and teach correctly so that our students are not not getting the education you need. Listen, when you go two or three years getting a bad education, that determines yeah. where you're going to be five, six years from now. So it's like, I agree, you know, we want to make sure our community looks like us. But in doing that, we got to make sure that people are qualified. You know, I've talked to students, I hit doors and people are like, that person was my teacher. Horrible. Yeah. You know? And here's one of the things where I, I agree, right? It's a vision. I do think that we need to create more opportunities for young professionals to have employment in our city. That's a good point. Uh, I mean, I think that that's extremely important. I have over 35 of my friends that have left this city who no longer live here because they do not have access to viable wages. People who have masters, people who are highly educated. So I would also like to see 
people grooming Latinos from our city to, to have the qualifications for us to have a long-term vision and long-term plan. And we don't have a clear, concisive, long-term vision and plan for Lawrence. We have pockets of individuals who have different visions, but yet there's not a concise, clear vision that has been pitched continuously. And so that's what I would love to see. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, I would like to see people use public spaces and, and support local businesses. I agree. You know, rather than going out somewhere else, hey, support your local business, support your local bodega. Um, you know, um, so I would love to see some Buy of those local. things happen. Buy local. Um, and again, you know, support local politicians, you know, like, like Juana, and get involved in the political system. Even though you don't know something, just ask and, and, and just figure it out. You, the resources you, you are there, the information is there. Absolutely. You know, just like there's no have, excuse. Yeah, there's no excuse. Like, look at where we find ourselves right now. Yeah. Nationally. I mean, millennials had a little bit to do with that, right? Yeah. And their low voter turnout and their apathetic uh, nature. And it might not be affecting you, but hey, it, may have been, it would have affected your parents 10 years ago if they yeah. were undocumented or that cousin or brother or sister. So, like, I think, unfortunately, we find ourselves in a very interesting uh, national political climate, but I hope that it wakes people up. Like, people so don't too. think that politics I affects agree. you. It affects everything yeah. you do every day in and out. Yeah, and what's beautiful is that we have, you know, I think we're we're in a time in history where we are experiencing similar circumstances to during the 60s and 70s. And so I do hope to see voices rise up. Um, you know, like a, you know, like a MLK, but of our generation. Yeah. And and for people to con to stop saying like, you know, what would Martin Luther King say? It's like no, what would Martin? Not what would Martin Luther King say? What would I say? What would I say? What would Victor Martinez say? What would Edwin de la Rosa say? What would Juana Matias say? That's what we need to do and recognize that we are the way forward and that we are the future. Perfect. I would, uh, I would like to thank you guys for um, joining us and thank you for tuning in. Real talk. Thank you so much for having us. Honestly, it was really a pleasure. And I think that what you guys are doing here really does have an impact. I feel like we have students, we have youth who are looking for someone to be able to say a message that relates to the things that they're going through. And I think this is a great space. So I commend you all for what you're doing. And if I could ever be a further assistance, I'm just a call away. Broke off your back, 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 broke off